Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. And I'm Charles Rogers, and I've got my May the 4th, which is the date that we're recording this episode, pink (laughs) drink, that actually, if you check our socials, you can actually see the May the 4th pink drink, but I have it, and we are ready to go, Bradley. Have you enjoyed your break from me? Oh my God. It was like the most glorious, like, well, I guess it would, I think it was like two weeks. It was two weeks. Yeah, it was was really nice. I was like, oh my God, this is sweet, bro. (laughs) It's so nice and peaceful. The only time I ever had to hear bad takes was when I went to the Facebook comments (laughs) of Star Wars articles, which I do because I hate myself. What were you watching in your spare time? Because like we were on this break, let's see. I think, Two weeks or so. So sold, Winter Soldier had been done by then, I think, by the time we stopped. So Yeah, I, th- I think it I think it final its final episode was like the day before we recorded our episode before going on break. I watched uh all of the Monsterverse is what they're calling it, the the new Godzilla King Kong movies, because I needed a little Star Wars break. I feel that myself. Um, I was watching the DCAU movies, so all the DC animated movies. Oh, the animated. I've heard, <laughs> I've seen like, I've seen All-Star Superman, and I really liked it. I don't know if I've seen any of the other animated movies. So there's there's a lot of, obviously, a lot of the animated movies, but there are, I think it's about, well, I want to say 15 movies that are technically all in the same continuity like they have like they're a shared kind of story like the things that happened in the first movie then are remembered in the second movie and then the third movie and the fourth movie and the fifth movie and the sixth movie etc so what you're saying is is dc beat marvel to it just in the wrong media in the wrong media no yeah actually these movies are very good they start with uh the movie is called justice league war that's the first in the continuity. Because technically there's another one, but it doesn't count because it's it's called the Flashpoint Paradox and it doesn't actually connect. So this the, one is the first one. and then it's I like, have some vague understanding of, of DC just from the cultural osmosis. And because uh, my best friend and co-writer is, is a huge DC fan. And so he will tell me about that. He's the one that got me to watch All-Star Superman. He'll tell me about things like Flashpoint. And I'm just like, that sounds... Interesting. Interesting. I've been... So I'm watching these ones in order because it's just fun to watch them in order. And I'm kind of going through them and trying to figure out like which ones are like not worth watching. Because like sometimes they do connect, sometimes they don't. So I'm trying to like erase the ones that don't connect. But they are kind of fun if if you don't read the comics because they're all adaptations of the new 52 comics, oh. which is like the current run of DC. You know what else I've been watching? And I, I can't believe I forgot to mention this, but I watched all of the, the 13th doctors run on Dr. Who that's on HBO max. So I'm caught up through the timeless child. I haven't seen revolution of the Daleks yet, but okay. I did watch all of the new, uh, Doctor Who. So that was the other big thing that I've been watching on our break is I felt like I needed I, I felt like I needed a break from Star Wars, but I yeah. also uh, couldn't let convoluted space fantasy uh, 
right by the seat of your pants mythology go. So Doctor Who, you know, slid right into the, the gap left behind. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to look back at my little TV time app to see like what I've been watching. And um, so I, I watched those movies and then actually one of them I had never seen before that doesn't count. Like it's just kind of a standalone movie, but it was really good. It's called Superman Red Sun. I've I've heard these names, but like you would have to tell me what happens in the movie because I've never sat down and watched these movies. So this one just not even to like tell you the whole entire plot. It's basically what would happen if uh, Superman was Russian instead of American. Oh, oh, I've heard of this. It's I so need good. to add that to my watch list. It's actually, I mean, for a standalone movie that you don't even have to have any context to watch, like you can just watch it. Just know, like all you have to do is know like what Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman is. And then you can be like, okay, I'm going to go watch this movie. And then it's, it's so cool because it's like this weird ass take on, if he was fucking Russian, like, I don't know. It's, it's really cool. I will definitely, definitely have to keep an eye on these. Uh, speaking of watch lists, mm-hmm. uh, we do keep a watch list. And I, I have to mention this very briefly before we dive into the meat of the episode. We do keep yes. a watch list of hot men doing Star Wars things. And <laughs> our brand obligates us to at least mention that while we were on a break, uh, Matt Lanter who's the voice of Anakin Skywalker on the Clone Wars and Rebels and also appeared in The Mandalorian, did say that uh, he will be returning to voice Anakin Skywalker in future projects with Lucasfilm Animation. Hmm. So keeping an eye on... I I felt our brand required me to mention that uh, whenever a hot man does a Star Wars thing, we will be keeping an eye on it. Oh, for, for, for damn sure. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, you know, that new, when that news came out, you know, it's kind of, you're kind of like wondering what the animated brand's kind of going to do moving forward. And like, if this episode were any indication, I'm going to say that they're going to use the animated moving forward to expand on characters or stories that they just didn't get to. That's always kind of what it's been. Like if you look at the Clone Wars, what it was as a show, it was going in and fleshing out stuff and themes that the prequels didn't really have time to stop and cover in a lot more depth. Like it it retroactively makes Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith kind of make a little more sense in context when you get to go in and dive into themes like what exactly it meant for the jedi to lose their way so i'm i'm really excited Mm -hmm. i'll skip all the way to the end of my notes and and this is a good time to mention the new lucasfilm animation logo that i just noticed at the end of this and my brain went oh good lucasfilm animation is going to do more projects because they have their own logo and i'm super excited for it Star Wars detours confirmed. Star Wars detours confirmed. <laughs> Just kidding. That is confirmed. That is uh, coming. I mean, yeah, 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 never know. But actually, I do think what's interesting about this, though, is that we could possibly see at this point now more than one animated show at a time. Lucasfilm has this aversion to releasing and marketing products. Yeah. Like at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's very hilarious to look at marvel and marvel's currently promoting like 12 different things and lucasfilm is like no we must focus on bad batch because that is the thing that's coming out 
no mentioning other things that are happening right. and only promote one thing at a time confusion yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know why they do that like i literally i was in i was getting my car fixed today and they had like good morning america on um in the little waiting room and dave filoni was on good morning america today and they were like i'm not even kidding you they were like all the questions were about uh bad batch and talking about bad batch or whatever right and then one of the news anchor i can't remember who it was has the audacity to go so, uh, can you tell us anything about Mandalorian season three? And then Dave Filoni's like, no. <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, I can't talk about other things. Why would I talk about well, other things? My show's coming out now. Why would I talk fairness, about that? In fairness to, to him, they haven't started shooting Mando season three and we don't know True. where they are in the process yet. So maybe right. he can't talk about it. Maybe well, there's yeah. nothing to talk about. True, but he also did talk about Book of Boba. Um, but he, but that's he probably further along. But he, but basically, he was trying to say like, even if I did know anything, why would I tell you on Good Morning America? Like, no, he's not gonna do that. Especially if it's not planned out by Disney. You think that they would have a prepared statement ready for him? Like, here, you can talk about it if you say it like this. You know, when they do these shows, it's like, you know, there's like a Disney sniper. Yes. up in the rafters with a bead trained on him just there's a, in case there's a crosshair something he's not supposed to a, i'm very worried for alfred molina right now i i truly am scared uh yeah. of of what sort of non-disclosure special forces disney's gonna send after him for revealing essentially the plot of the next spider-man movie honestly i think whenever marvel or whenever that happens with marvel i think it's on purpose i think it has nothing to do with like i I think he knew exactly what he was doing because i think kevin feige told him to fucking say that shit he probably because you know what i think the other issue too is that i think with especially with the spider-man movie i think people have everybody has all these expectations about what this fucking spider-man movie is going to be about and what what is going to have in it and all this stuff and multiverse and all that bullshit and it's like guys you are really giving Marvel way too much credit right now. Like, yes, they, I'm sure they can call it something very interesting. It's going to be a good movie, but like, it's not going to be the Spider-Man movie multiverse of your dreams. Okay. So relax. Like note, note this timestamp and this moment, because when the next Spider-Man movie turns out to be a giant multiverse spanning crossover, we can rub this in Bradley's face between now and the end of time. You know what? You can rub this in my face if Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland are like fucking on screen. Then you can rub it in my <laughs> face. Then I then I'll be like, okay, you got it. I mean, I'm sure you'll be too happy at that to even care. I mean, that point. being said, I'm just looking forward to the the updated, you know, men.com Spider-Man <laughs> parody. Um, I'm hoping that they they do one after this movie comes out. They'll do like a whole Spider-Man thing and be like, let's do a multiverse thing of all three Spider-Man have an orgy scene at the end, you know, <laughs> with Doctor Octopus and. Uh, I'm just gonna just gonna casually take note of that for <laughs> no reason at all. Uh, definitely. Definitely not going to keep that in the forefront of my mind. No, I was actually talking to my friend about that the other day, and I was thinking, like, you know what? You know who hasn't done a porn parody in a while? And I was like, men.com hasn't done, <laughs> hasn't done Mandalorian yet. So I wonder if they'll ever do like hmm. Mandalorian porn parody. Well, 
<laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I'm currently between jobs, so if if they want somebody to write it, I could send them my resume. Well, let's 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 come up with like a rough draft, and we'll be like, <laughs> not, hey guys, I'm not above it, just pay, pay us. me money. I'm not <laughs> above it. I'll do it. Oh, I mean, we we've already got. I mean, think about it. We've already got it kind of locked down because you got you can do the first episode. You can have Mando with the blue guy. You can do the second scene of the Mando with uh, what's his face. Uh, Instead of planet hopping, it's men hopping, which right. also is the title of the chapter of one of my autobiographies. So, well, anyway, let's get into Bad Batch because uh, we have a lot to cover. We had a whole seventy minutes to watch, Jeez. so I, uh, so I made the mistake because of the time zone difference. Yes, uh, dear listeners. I'm on Pacific time. Bradley is on Eastern time. We're about as far apart as far as time differences as you can get. It premiered for me at midnight. So I stayed up till midnight to watch it. And like about 1030, I was thinking to myself, I was like, there is no way in hell I'm actually going to stay up to watch this. I stayed up, I watched it. And as the end credits were rolling, I went, there is no way in hell I'm going to go to sleep after this. Yeah. See, the only difference between me and you and doing that is if I wanted to do that, I'd have to stay up till 3 a.m. and watch it. And then I wouldn't be able to go to bed at 3 a.m. So I would and, really and you not. Had, you had to go to work today. Yes, I, I, did. I didn't. I, I had the day off. I'm in the process of leaving my current job and I've got a few work days left. But today I happen to have off. Gotcha. So I was able to justify, I would feel, I would f- like probably not have enjoyed the episode as much if I would have had to wait because somebody would have inevitably spoiled some of the big twists in this episode for me. Yeah, I'm glad because I woke up, I think it was around eight o'clock in the morning my time when I woke up or 7.30ish or whatever. Or actually, no, actually it must've been really early because when did you message me? Because I'm trying to think like- I messaged you. So I messaged Bradley- Fun look at behind the scenes of how this uh, this friendship actually works. I messaged him at about 1.30 in the morning my time, which was about 4.30 a.m. his time. In all caps, watch watch it when you wake up. Don't look at social media. Yeah, so 4, 4, 4 a.m. my time. 4 a.m. his time. I was like 10 minutes from the end of the episode. And I woke up at... Uh basically seven o'clock I messaged you back and I was like <laughs> I was like oh shit okay well I'm gonna try to watch it before I go to work <laughs> now the other fun thing to keep in mind folks before we we dive into our deep dive is the other thing I said to him was don't tell me your reactions we're gonna do it live on the show so neither of us know what the other one thought of anything in oh, yeah. this episode yeah I guess I really haven't like given any kind of illusion of the he hasn't given it. any illusion the only the thing i post i only posted two things on social media it's good and i liked it those gotcha. are the only things anyone knows which frankly that is not a surprise well I, okay well here what let's let's just start from i don't i guess maybe just overall impression of the first episode i guess yeah we we won't do the one thing we like to dislike because yeah, we no, don't, don't want to yeah, get into too much. Yeah, I don't want to we'll break do that, that for this. But overall impression of this episode, yeah, I loved it. Okay. Uh, I thought it was an excellent pilot. I thought it was an excellent pilot if you haven't seen the final season of The Clone Wars. Hmm. That's something that really stuck out to me because this episode does a great job 
of introducing you to who is the Bad Batch, what is their role in the Grand Army of the Republic, who is Echo, why is he different, right? What are these people's personalities? Even if you haven't seen that, it's rewarding if you've seen the Clone Wars and you know what they're talking about. But it does a good job of you can watch this and come away with the necessary knowledge. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought there was some great action moments. I thought there was some great world building. Um, I love everything about it. Uh, I can't even think off the top of my head of a, a thing that I majorly disliked the way I disliked some of the elements of the episodes of The Mandalorian. Right. Well, that's why I didn't want to do the one thing you like and dislike about this because... How do I find something I dislike? Well, not even that. I just, you know, I just felt like it... It's hard to... With with Mandalorian, you know, it was easy to do that because we've had time to process the episodes and, you know, really kind of like go, okay, I've seen the episode about five or six times by now. I can really kind of go, okay, well, that didn't really work in the episode. That, that did really work in the episode. You know, mm-hmm. with this, I mean, I only watched it this morning. So I... You know, I've watched it twice to take notes because there's no right. trivia page i have to do my own trivia oh they actually they did add something they did add they, they did add something they, oh. there's only two things of trivia right now on there and they're so silly like they're not even like very interesting like and oh, I, I bet i've got more interesting trivia oh let me give you my lame trivia real quick okay this is the dumbest okay, thing lame trivia what's the lame trivia the lame trivia because it literally had just came out and they hadn't even come up with trivia yet um it said that in the polish dub for this show that all the clones are dubbed by different people not one person like the american okay that's the one bit of trivia (laughs) that was on the main page like the second it aired like that was the one thing that came out i was like that was your trivia and so funny as it was copy and pasted basically because it was the same voice actors from the last season of the clone wars who also did the polish dub the clone wars so that doesn't really surprise copy and pasted. me so what was your overall impression of the episode because i don't know this yet um so i thought it was a huge giant stinking pile <laughs> of awesome it was really nice um i actually no i'm just kidding um i I, I, did, I know i did Kick go in ass. i went in like with the lowest of low expectations because i was thinking in my brain like when this first came out i was like okay you know i don't know if this is going to be that good if this is just going to be another season of clone wars basically you know um i was pleasantly just like surprised uh you weren't you weren't like super hyped for this no i mean this was honestly this was a smash or a pass like it was either going to be really good or this is going to be like a okay i can just not watch this like kind of thing and like which is kind of what i did with star wars resistance uh you know i just was like i can't you know it just wasn't for me this does not seem like that at all like i felt like this had way more character way more joy for me to watch I guess because I think it wasn't a hundred percent like for children I guess <laughs> um which is what I enjoy about these but like I said earlier you know Dave Filoni was on Good Morning America today and he talked about the fact that one of the things that he took away from George Lucas is that over everything that Star Wars is for kids exactly and so that that's what he thinks about when he makes the cartoons is that no matter what 
like before you have to service fans before you have to do all this stuff it's for kids and i felt like this this show at least balances that which is hard to do because you don't want to be like too fan servicey but you also don't want to be like so childish that you turn off the long-term fans so it was nice Incidentally, uh, Smash and Pass is also my name among single men. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's right. It's definitely like something that I try to keep in mind when I'm watching it. It's something that really annoys me about fans who are like, oh, you know, we miss the darker stuff. Yeah. We miss the more mature stuff. I was like, do you? It's, it's not really in keeping with this particular franchise like Mm -hmm. i understand you know liking when it does particularly when like the old comics and stuff would do these dark war stories or when they do the horror stories um and some of them are actually even pretty interesting uh galaxy of fear was interesting and for kids Uh, it was basically their take on goosebumps but some of the stuff that people seem to want i'm like you got to remember the entire franchise overall is is mainly geared toward kids right like it's it's meant to be for everybody there there really shouldn't be something that you look at it and you're like oh maybe i'm not gonna you know show this to my kids yeah they they're you're never gonna see like super explicit like maybe a little bit of violence but you're never gonna see any like sexual violence or you're never gonna see like you know just terrible awful adult things like this is this is not the witcher right okay guys (laughs) yes not the that's a good example you're never gonna see not warhammer 40k right like you need to calm down with some of this stuff that you want or or it's it's a kid's franchise now that doesn't mean that adults can't get things out of it and there can't be things in it for adults that will fly over the heads of the kids Mm -hmm. you know a big one being for me, the moment, uh, there's a moment in, in the original Clone Wars series where like Anakin and Padme reunite. Mm-hmm. And then the next shot is like the light in their apartment window turning off. And so like it's implied that that's the moment where Luke and Leia are being conceived. <laughs> <laughs> and it totally flew over my head as a kid. But as an adult, right. I was like, I completely understand what's going on here. Like moments like that are, are fine. But some of the stuff that people are like saying they want it to do this like dark thing i'm like maybe you're in the wrong franchise guys yeah i i don't really want dark like okay when i when i think dark star wars dark themes and dark stories are not the same thing right like i like like rogue one is like the darkest i ever want star wars to get like it was a real you know kind of like war movie but it wasn't like so dark that it was like everybody's getting their heads chopped off you know what i mean like it wasn't like super like terrible I will keep bringing up the fact that Death Troopers, the novel, was a thing that happened <laughs> and was real yes. from now until the end of time. Gotcha. Because the concept of Death Troopers is so ridiculous that, and I love the book. Yeah, I love the novel, but I always bring it up as like, this is the most ridiculous thing. And Bad Batch does a great job of being a story with dark themes that's really a, a fun adventure and a fun character study of these mm. characters. So let's uh, let's dive into our episode recap. Yeah, let's get into the plot. Um, so we're basically—I so, mean, I don't have like a a summary or anything for. This I have one. a 
fuckload of I have a fuckload of notes. So okay, well here, let's... well let me just do like let's say what was like the general. What would you say the general story was? Like I mean, I guess it was just kind of you know the clones are finding themselves in this kind of post right sixty six world. Well, there's there's a mystery going on as far as like who like the pro like the programming that they have like who's being programmed and who isn't mm. uh but we open i i have some notes that vaguely follow we're not going to recap it to the same depth we did the mandalorian because otherwise right. we'd be here all day <laughs> yeah but we do we open on the logo for the clone wars burning away mm-hmm. to reveal the bad batch and not only that oh wait did you see what with, oh do you see what happened before that i the, i did the not. star wars logo I did not catch anything new in the Star Wars logo. What did I miss in the Star Wars logo? Oh, I'm surprised you didn't see this. Okay, so... I watched you... it twice, too. Okay, yeah. So, okay, you know how, like, when we talked um, about Mandalorian, they introduced the new Star Wars logo? Like, the right. generic, like, with the... I think it has the Mandalorian's face and, like, the... It just flashes across some helmets and droids. It right. looks really cool. I love it. Well, they're all different in this one. Really? And they're all. I thought something was off. And they're all stuff from the cartoons. So we see. Uh, oh, Chopper. Lucasfilm Animation must have its own. Well, we saw Chopper. We saw General Grievous. We saw. Um, I think it's a security droid's face or something from the Clone Wars. I. I mean, now I don't know what all of them were, but go back and watch it, and you're going to be like, oh, go back shit. and watch for Episode Two. I'll make a note here for Episode okay. Two. We're going to note. The characters that are in here. Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't write them down because I was too like, oh my god, there's General Grievous's face. They're finally acknowledging he exists, you know. <laughs> and aside from the movie, um, General Grievous confirmed for uh, Mandalorian season, season three. three. <laughs> <laughs> I literally say that to my friend all the time now. Any t- anytime something random comes up, I'm always like, oh, that's gonna be a Mandalorian season three. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a Mandalorian season three. So not only do we open with the logo burning away, but we actually open yes. with Tom Kane's narration. Oh yeah, so I thought that was cool. it opens with the narration as if this was another episode of, Clone of the Clone Wars. Yeah. And that was the coolest thing. Uh, but we also get over the narration, mm-hmm. a very accurate recreation of scenes from, from the Revenge, Revenge of the Sith. Right? Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, I was looking at it like, have I seen this before? Like, it yes, was really weird. Many times in Revenge <laughs> of the Sith. Yeah, because I saw Mace Windu and I was like, huh. Well, those scenes are from the final season of the Clone Wars. Oh, okay. But this also establishes that this is taking place after the rescue. But I just thought it was really cool that they animated a few shots from the from Invisible the Hand movie. bridge sequence. I actually, I wouldn't mind honestly i mean i i actually feel like they might actually end up doing this at some point is actually animating the movies like shot for shot like i that don't would, that i don't would know be why neat, but that i feel would like be they a would neat do it. fun thing that sounds more like a fan project something that the fans might do yeah i, I mean, do know someone it's so easy to you know do computer animation now i just feel like it wouldn't be that much of a challenge for them to do it i mean i mean it would but that that would be like kind of a fun fan project because I know fans have recreated scenes from the films mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars style. It would be interesting to see someone do a... I know someone is doing one of the scenes from the story reels in Unreal Engine. I've been watching a lot of like Unreal Engine versions. 
there's a really awesome one. I don't know. Did I link this to you? The one of uh, the final scene of Clone Wars that's recreated in a game engine and it looks really awesome. No, I haven't seen that. Okay. I'll have to send it to you later on. Um, it's not the scene in uh, The Last Jedi where they're fighting with all the red, then I don't want it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, the only the only good scene in Star Wars, no. Uh, so we, we open up on this final battle mm-hmm. of the Clone Wars and we have Depa Balaba, but then we also have a surprise appearance and mm-hmm. surprise return of an actor when yes. we get uh, Caleb Doom portrayed once again by Freddie Prince Jr. That's all I wrote in my notes was Freddie Prince Jr. is back. <laughs> I I was shocked because when I watched I watched the episode at first, it was so weird to hear adult Freddie Prince Jr.'s voice. Yes. Coming out of this teenager. They kind of like, pitched it though a little, didn't they? When I watched it the second time, I noticed that they pitched it. The first time I was just like, oh my God, that's it's Iron him. Bull again. Yeah. I know. I, I actually thought the same thing. I thought about it. I was like, it's, it sounds like I knew it was him, but I knew it sounded like slightly off. So I was like, okay, they must have pitched him down or, or at least tried to make him sound a little younger or something. Cause yeah, it's, it's a little more high pitched. I think he might be doing it with his voice. I don't think it, it doesn't sound like it was altered. Yeah. Electronically. I think you're right. He might, you're right. He might've been just voice. being like, oh, I'm, Doing a lower voice. <laughs> I'm just so used to because I play so much Dragon Age Inquisition and I've watched Rebels so mm-hmm. much. I'm just used to his adult voice. Right. So it took me till the second viewing to be like, oh, he is pitching himself up slightly. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I love that he's in it. Um I I did see that some people had issues with it because it directly conflicts what happens in the comic books so i researched this because i this own is, that comic this is in my book. notes this is in my notes i i don't i've researched it and it's it's kind of what i call um canon ish yeah like it's it's the same thing as Cobb vance in mando season two it's it's the same events told a slightly different way. Yeah, I didn't think it was so drastically different that it would have like bothered me. But like, I get why people were like, well, in the comic books, they're sitting around a campfire and then they sneak up on them and they try to attack them. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, whatever. They nailed like, they nailed the important details of yes. that moment, right. which are her last words being to run away. Mm-hmm. and they nailed you know the emotional impact and all that but it's it's one of those things where i'm like when you have a big sprawling mythology like this you're gonna have things that conflict yeah when you have the same story told in different mediums they're gonna conflict with each other there's people who's mad that ah- ahsoka's lightsabers in the ahsoka novel are green and in the final clone wars show it's season and it's blue they're blue in that show so i mean yeah that's that stuff is silly to me because i'm like okay you know her her lightsabers could be fucking rainbow people like relax like it doesn't you matter pick, pick whatever version of events you, that like. you like yeah i always say star wars is a mythology and not a history and when you get a mythology 
you are going to have versions of the story that conflict with each other and that's fine you you take the mythology as a whole right and you examine it as a whole and and you tell things in a way that works for the specific story that you're telling dave filoni has never been shy about the fact that he will be you know respectful of other things yeah but him and John Favreau and them are not afraid to go in and ch- change something slightly right. to better fit the story. And, and the interaction between Hunter and Crosshair and Caleb in this episode does a good job of factoring into the Bad Batch's story. And that was the intention here. Yeah, I kind of liked how, um, you know, Kanan kind of, or well, I guess he was Caleb in this, um, how he is essentially the MacGuffin of the, you know, the, moving the plot forward, like uh, in terms of how we separate, you know, the group a little bit, because. And we know that we're not going to see him again in the rest of the show. Right, which is fine with me. I, I actually don't want to see him anymore because that one leads for, if they do want to randomly just make a show about young Kanan, then great, you know, make a show about young Kanan. But if they don't, that's okay. We already know the story. We know. We already know what up. happens, and right. we have the comics, and we have Rebel. Is right. it? It's not Rebel Rising. A New Dawn. A New Dawn is the one with him no. and Hera. So, like, we have all this. Yeah. I, I thought as far as the this introductory scene goes, it was good for introducing the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. It showed off what each one of them can do. Right. Now, the first time I watched it, I remember being very confused by the crosshair stuff. But then that's the central mystery of the episode is to be confused by that stuff. Why is he shooting at Caleb when the rest of the clones clearly do not know what Order 66 is and are not complying with the directive? Yeah, I thought that was weird because, yeah, they do establish, I guess it's in the Clone Wars episodes where they're like, these guys don't follow the rules, right? Like they don't, they are messed up, right? They are genetically messed up so they don't <laughs> they can't follow the rules the same way um, we do explain also later in the episode tech has a bit where he just flat out explains to the audience yeah here's why they aren't that we don't have the same inhibitors as everyone else is because right. we're so messed up and then echo got his brain uh experimented on by right. the techno union yeah I, I i really like that they are kind of setting this up uh, or I guess setting the whole episode is setting Crosshair up to be that, you know, obvious main antagonist, I guess. At least for season one. Now right. we get, we'll get to that later on in the episode, but yeah. it's, and I can say this now, I haven't told you this Bradley uh, because <gasps> we try to keep you as unspoiled. Okay, uh, don't. What is it? It, it was actually um, revealed by uh, what else toy packaging a few weeks ago that Crosshair yeah. was going to defect no. from the Bad Batch to the to the Empire. So I've known this for several weeks. No! Uh, what does uh, Vader do? No! <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, I had to pitch that up. Um, pitch it up, pitch it down. Pitch it, pitch it down, sorry. A lot of, lot of pitching going yeah, on Yeah, a lot here. of voice pitching lot of, in this. A lot of pitching going on here. Um, <laughs> no, I actually, I, I mean even if the trailer didn't, you know, kind of make it obvious, like his attitude made it obvious, like throughout the episode. So yeah, it's, like, it's, it's one of those, 
you can kind of tell, like looking yeah. at the character, oh, this is might as well do it now in the pilot episode and not pretend it's going to be a big twist later on. I actually kind of like that. I kind of like how they kind of just they were like, no, this is this is the plot this of the, the first plot. episode. Yeah, it's not the plot of the whole entire show. Like he's not going to like secretly be evil the whole time and like you know blah blah blah. Nope, he's just evil in the first one and then call it a day. Like, well, it's also setting up the oh, he's going to chase them around, right? Galaxy kind of deal. Absolutely. So they, anything else on the first scene before we, we move nope. on? Keep going. Nope. So we, we fly back to Camino. There's a lot of Camino this episode, which is good because I love, love. Camino. I do too. As a location. Uh, we are shocked to discover that the Coruscant Guard is mm. on Camino, previously seen in Revenge of the Sith and also in the Clone Wars. And they also have a bit where a Jedi is rolled past and their lightsaber drops. What? Now I want to talk about this lightsaber for a minute because this was a solid 15, 20 minutes of my morning. Okay, so is, I, this, is this important? No. Other than just... I, I exhaust... No, except for me to complain that I spent a lot of time on this. Oh, okay. I have exhaustively researched lightsabers <laughs> all morning important. to determine whose lightsaber that was gotcha that was dropped out of somebody's hand there's no trivia for it anywhere okay i compared images of shock t's lightsaber and all i can definitively say after about 15 20 minutes of research is the lightsaber does not belong to shock t <laughs> i don't know who this jedi is I was looking mm. at their hand, like I freeze framed it and I was oh, looking God. at their hand to try to determine, have I seen this alien Jedi before? So it's probably, well, realistically, it's no one. Unrealistically, it's no one we know, but like. Unrealistically, it's, it's Kit Fisto. Uh, well, Kit Fisto. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm just Well, the I'm reason kidding. I went looking for Shock T was originally my brain went, isn't she supposed to die in the Jedi temple? Hmm. Wouldn't I'm this contradict? So then I went, I was Googling like shock T lightsaber. Uh, <laughs> looking at the lightsaber, I was like Jedi on Camino. Well, that's what I was, I was thinking. They're on Camino. The, so I was looking at the list of. I don't think the there's really anybody on Camino, right? So the trivia fact, the untrivia fact is I have no fucking idea who this lightsaber belongs to. And I've exhaustively researched and still can't determine who this belongs to so if you in the audience know who this lightsaber belongs to leave a comment on our instagram or our twitter account and tell me the <laughs> obvious solution to this that right. i'm missing because i'm a top and therefore a moron the the audience is yelling it's blah 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 you idiot <laughs> it was so obvious so obvious the whole time how did you how do you not minutely know the details of every lightsaber no i want i want some star wars nerd to be like um well if you read the comic book series from 1987 and I, on page 36 i am that uh, nerd <laughs> i am that nerd incidentally i am normally that nerd right lol anyway so it's a nobody's lightsaber it's nobody's lightsaber that's the big trivia thing gotcha from this scene so we have a little scene with them in, in the room. There's some impressive animation going on with the glass. I mean, you, so far, Camino, up until the next scene we're going to talk about, these two scenes right here, do you, do you have any specific thoughts or notes you took on them? No. no. I actually, I literally have three notes for the whole episode. 
Okay, because I was a lot of I, notes. no, because I was genuinely just enjoying it. I was like, I was watching it, like, oh wow, this is so fun. And like, I wasn't really thinking, like, in my brain, I wasn't going like, oh, I need to write that down. I was going like, wow, that was cool. Oh, I like that. Oh, that was fun. Like, that was what I'm saying in my we, head. So we want. I have a lot of notes like that. They're just like, oh, this is fun. This is fun. Like once we get into the action scenes, I just have good action scene written oh, down yeah, in no. my notes. Yeah, keep it going. Keep it coming. Keep throw Keep throwing them at me. Keep throwing them at you. Keep throwing. There's a like I said. There's a lot of pitching going on. Yeah, pitching, tri- non-trivia facts at your head. <laughs> uh, so we get past that scene. Then we get to to one of my favorite scenes in the episode, which is the broadcast of the emperor's speech yes i like that one because there were it was direct quotes yeah ian mcdermott is actually credited yeah as the voice of palpatine in this episode so like with clone wars they just used his audio right which i'm fine with because i was like oh that's the part where he says that that's the part where he says that like i was like oh that that's what they are in the speech like but it was making me (laughs) It was giving me flashbacks for some reason. I don't know why, but it was making me think of um, The Force Awakens. And it's where- That's exactly what I thought. It seems like poetry, it rhymes. Yeah, because he's doing the 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 speech and it, I was like, he's like, it's like the first order. Like, you know, and I was like, wait, not the first order. Like, this is totally different. What is happening? And then he said Galactic Empire. And I was like, oh, okay, wait, obviously this is for before that. This is, this is the fascism that- uh, the fascist fanboy right uh, in Force Awakens is trying to emulate. Yeah, no, I, I did it. like. I was waiting. I was like, they're gonna pump their fists at some point. They're <sighs> gonna pump their fists when she, he says the thing, and then they do. And I was like, oh, that's a reference to Force Awakens. But what I really liked was when he announces it, and the Imperial March just starts blaring. Yeah, I almost wish that. Um when they did that they did the uh when they did the imperial march i was kind of hoping they were going to do it in the same way that they did it in solo where it was diegetic sound because i don't know i i felt like when i watched it here it was more like just for us like it was just audio well the empire has also been around for like five minutes at this point but you know how in solo they do that the song yet i know but you know how in solo they do that and they play it and it's like you're like oh it's an actual anthem like they have it like it's a it's a real like in universe like musical sound that they use i i just thought the use of it in the scene like the moment the empire Mm -hmm. is born playing that just blasting here at the epicenter of it of the reality of it you know i believe it's a different cue in revenge of the sith when it's in the senate and it's being pitched on one thing but here on camino mm-hmm. with the soldiers that's gonna be the real empire playing the actual imperial theme right just makes sense to me yeah no i liked it a lot and then it actually gives more context to the i need to go back and watch the scene in revenge of the sith because now i want to be like okay i want to watch the same palpatine scene but then with this scene in mind happening literally at the same time, like I want to be like thinking in my brain, like, okay, watching their reactions as that scene's happening. Like I want to try to like time them up and like watch them. Have you seen the uh, Order 66 compilations that they're now going to have to go back and redo again? Oh, yeah. I, I, I tried to watch same, those. Like, it's kind of hard. I've also, I've seen those and I've also seen ones where they put the, uh, 
Jedi meeting scene in Clone Wars uh, next to the one in um, Revenge of the Sith to do comparison of them. Yeah. I think they're going to do the same thing. There's there's going to be YouTube compilations up within the day of... I'm sure there is right now if I were to speech. look it up. Yes, we. Uh, I haven't had a lot of time to do other Star Wars related things today, despite it being May 4th, because I basically woke up, watched the episode again, took notes, updated the social media, and then we started recording this. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I keep getting, it was so funny because I, I totally forgot like, oh yeah, they actually are going to be dropping stuff today. And I was like, I, I lost out so on like, you I know, watch. all this stuff. I was like, what the heck? I, I, I'm thank God I remembered some of it because I was like, oh, I need to you know, get the Bounty Hunter Collection Funko or whatever that was on GameStop today. I need to get the whatever. Like, I was like, oh shit. I am I forgot so they were doing this. mad that, I am so mad that I can't financially justify dropping $75 on Star Wars Lego so I can get the Tatooine Homestead. I'm wavering back and forth on whether or not I want to get Squadrons. It's 20 bucks on Origin right now. Uh, yeah we'll we'll see if charles ends up buying something for may the 4th i can always buy the lego off of ebay later that's true yeah save your money now since you don't have a job yeah this is <laughs> this is my job right you gotta focus um anyway this is so, my job this is this is where i would drop the uh this is where i would drop the patreon if we had one right yeah give us money give um, me money give me money so i can support my star wars lego habit which is Totally no. Uh, if and possibly when we uh, begin looking into things like that, I will spend them on responsible things, uh, and definitely not just on Star Wars Legos. Of course, this is not a giant grift to expand my Star Wars Lego collection. <laughs> it's a scam. And speaking of blatant lies, yes. So <laughs> the scene that we we'd want. No, it was. It was good, and it, it tied it in really well. Yep. You know, I, I love tie-ins to Revenge of the Sith. And then we move on. It also introduces our new main character for the show, who we then meet again in the next scene, which is... Now, I've been saying Omega. Yes. They pronounce it Omega in the show. Do they? I think they pronounce it Omega. Oh, I didn't even catch that. I thought it was Omega. I was just 100% like, oh, it's Omega. I think they say Omega in the show. Okay, I'll need to watch it again. Or is that just like the Kaminoan accent? <laughs> you know, it might be. What we'll now? What we'll did you what What did you think of Omega, our, our new character that's introduced? So, in the trailers and stuff, watching, I was like, ew, like I don't like this. Like I don't like this kid character. I think that is the worst decision. Blah 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 blah. That being said, after our episode where we talk about the trailer and then after my little crazy fan theory about who she is and what, why she's important, and then watching this episode and hearing her super thick Australian accent and then them confirming that she is in fact a clone, I was like, well, I guess my theory is correct. And it's, there is revelations as well. Well, I won't say revelations. I have a theory. I have a big, big, big theory about o o Omega that I just came up with while I was watching the episode. Me too. I, there, there was part, I was like, there was a part where I 
I came up with it. I don't know what part it was at. It was kind of towards the end when they're escaping. So I don't know if you want to say. I'll tell, I can tell you exactly where my brain went. Hmm. And then my brain went, oh yeah, this is where they're going. I, I liked her. I think she harkens back to Ahsoka and Mm. Ray. Yeah. Definitely. I'm definitely getting young Ahsoka vibes. Yeah. Where she's, you know, a a new female character, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for you know the younger younger girls who are going to be watching this right which is really neat um the hyper competent kid is kind of a star wars trope at this point well with anakin luke ezra uh, ezra ahsoka ray i guess ray's not really a kid no but, but I, I bet she kind of the, the idea of of these characters that are like it's a it's I don't want to say power fantasy. It's a fantasy for kids yeah. to, you know, come along on these adventures and also be cool. And I think there's enough, she makes enough mistakes over the course of the episode and things that I'm like, yeah, you know, she's a decently written character. Yeah. I, I like her a lot. Um, well, I, I enjoy her. I guess the, the part about her I enjoy is what I think she's important for <laughs> yes and, and maybe that's just my headcanon and that's just making it be a little bit more enjoyable for me to watch but i like it because it's you know this makes me think of did you what? ever watch um i mean i know you hate i you know you hate him but did you ever watch american horror story season three which was the witches you mean the only good season okay yeah so fun little quick story before i don't want to go too much into this because we have a lot to do, but <laughs> we're when, making good time considering how, how much there is to cover. So when I was in college, Coven came out and me, and I was in a dorm um, at that time. And this is before I went to the school that we went to. And yeah, I was about to say. So I went to another school one for one year before I went to that school. And Ooh, Bradley I, backstory, deep lore. Right. And I was in the dorm rooms there and all my friends um, that we were all in the same building every night that American Horror Story was on, we would all get together in one of the, um, they had these little meeting rooms in, in the dorms mm-hmm. that you could like put up PowerPoints on the TV, but all the TVs had cable. So we would all go in there and watch American Horror Story together. And the best part about season three was that you didn't know who the Supreme was, right? And during the whole season, the mystery of the season was who is the Supreme? So every week we would be like, oh, what's the mystery? Like, who's the Supreme, right? So like, what's which character is really the Supreme? Which one's more important? And so that was giving me flashbacks to this. Like, why is this character important? Like, what is the mystery of like, why they're important, you know, kind of thing. And so that's- The Supreme should have been Misty Day, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it is, it is like, I, I liked Cordelia and it's fine. Yeah. It, it made narrative sense, but I personally was pulling for Misty Day. Uh, okay, so. well, anyway- um yeah. not to get into that discourse right. i don't want to get too much into america <laughs> that could be an episode all on its own no i i like her and we're going to note a little bit later on she's useful to the group without solving all of their problems and she makes enough mistakes that she's not perfect okay we're going to take a break real quick and we'll be right back uh after this and we're back speaking of of perfect we see in the next scene the return of Stephen Stanton as the voice of our episode antagonist Grand 
well, he's not Grand Moff yet. Oh, Admiral Tarkin. Just Admiral, okay. And I, I gotta say, this the scene between Tarkin and Lama Su where they're arguing about contract negotiations is a scene that was basically written for me and no one else. I just like how it was like almost like they were trying to give you like what the remember how like everybody's complaint about the prequels was like trade negotiations and they were like (laughs) this is terrible or whatever and then some people are like that's all I want to see in Star Wars is negotiations like they're going back and forth well the contract stipulates and I'm like yes yes blow this content directly into my face this is what I want give me space lawyers sitting at a table arguing about (laughs) contracts right well it's worth noting that tarkin is the one who prosecutes ahsoka in the wrong jedi arc of the clone wars right so it's possible that they might train it's possible he's a lawyer or they might train their certain admiral certain ranks in the military admirals and moths they might have training in some sort of version of space law so they actually can practice it on the military's behalf yeah he seems kind of like tarkin kind of seems like he would be that guy who's like knowledgeable in like military law like it's kind of like one of those like he probably is a lawyer like a civilian lawyer but he's also like a military lawyer so he like he understands these things but then he's also just in the military like he's just a military uh, guy i need to reread tarkin and so I could remember exactly what his backstory is beyond the vague bits of it that I remember. Right. Yeah, because he serves as the prosecutor in the trial and then Padme is Ahsoka's defense, which opens up a lot of questions about who can practice space law that we're not really going to get into. Yeah, I was going to say anybody. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have an Ewok represent me, sir. Um. No, okay, anyway, moving on. But just know, this is my shit. (laughs) And I would watch... I'm not doing myself any favors for eventually trying to, like, pitch Lucasfilm to hire me as a a writer by saying this, but I would, in fact, um, watch or read an entire book about space law. Just space law. Nothing else. I don't need anything else. We move on to a scene in the cafeteria where a fight breaks out i have no this is where i have noted that i too when i saw the trailers was like oh my god they're bringing in this kid he's gonna be like best friends with the clones immediately and it's gonna be a whole thing right yada yada yada. i noted down here that i really wanted to dislike her but i can't yeah that's what i was thinking too like i really thought like oh i'm gonna hate this girl like i think she's gonna be like that jokey thing that they put in the show it's almost like putting jar jar in you know the episodes of the clone wars like it was kind of like a we have to have like a silly little you know still be kids like but just just like jar jar in the clone wars it genuinely surprised me with how much i enjoyed it right and because they they switch it on you because they go oh look we're putting jar jar in here and it's gonna be funny and it's gonna be like silly but then it's like oh just kidding we actually have a real story to tell just kidding (laughs) i actually care about i care about this person now Yes. A bar fight. I, I just said a bar fight. <laughs> a cafeteria fight breaks out. I'm sure we'll see a bar fight at some point in the series. Mm-hmm. A cafeteria fight breaks out. Echo sees Tarkin and gets conked over the head and then freaks out when he wakes up, which is a lot of good insight into Echo if you haven't seen the Clone Wars. 
And then we get a, a new temporary character of AZI. And then like a string of like 14 numbers, which yeah. I thought was the most hilarious thing. Well, so I didn't know this until I had gone on the internet after, but that's the same droid that helps uh, Echo or whatever figure out that they all have the chips in their brain. Five. The or five. 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 That's what it is. I did not know that. Yeah, so Bradley, a... it turns out you had some trivia after all. Oh, I guess I did. Well, thank thank you, uh, Instagram Star Wars memes, because I was like, or actually, no, you know where I found that out? In my TV Time app. So if you don't already have this, it's um, it's called TV Time, and it just lets me keep track of episodes um, that I'm on. This is not a paid promotional, by the way. He just really likes this app. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I mean, I don't want to, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have said the name. Um, whatever, they get a free advertisement for the day um tv time if if you want to pay us the the email is open it's right there i love money so azi three four five whatever is the same droid that helped (laughs) that helped um him uncover the inhibitor chips and i was like because that was what somebody posted on the comment section i was like oh i didn't know that that's so cute i totally forgot about that silly character from that one episode like you know what i mean like i just didn't i haven't watched rewatched the clone wars in a long time so i just it it's one of those things it's like i'm planning the last time i did the massive rewatch was in 2019 mm-hmm. was i believe when rise of skywalker came out was december 2019 yes it was it was so i did a rewatch then i'm thinking maybe the end of 2022 i'll pick another several month period and do a huge chronological rewatch right and those are the things that i might i might appreciate yeah going back and seeing that going back and seeing it again uh we can can we talk about what he said though to them my favorite part is (laughs) where he says he's like you all appear to be genetically defective clones he's like i'm gonna leave you to process the shock of this revelation like (laughs) and they're all just like yeah, we know. Gonna add that. Gonna add that to my vernacular whenever I'm at brunch and somebody drops some tea that everybody already knows. Mm-hmm. I say, I'll leave you to process the shock of this revelation. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we get another little bit with Omega and the Bad Batch, and it's it's not really ever explained in the episode why she's suddenly so like enamored with the Bad Batch, and she really wants to like leave with them. I'm guessing we're probably going to get some more of that on screen as the series unfolds, probably because she, as a genetically modified clone herself, she feels some kinship with them. But I suspect it's never really outright stated in the episode. And I suspect right. it's going to be a thing that's going to come up later on. So I, I was, that's what I was trying to, I was trying to remember what you just said, because I literally was thinking in my brain, like, I know what I want to say next. Um, so I, I like like you said, she kind of is infatuated with them in a weird way. And then there's there's little things that happen in the episode. I don't know specifically when they happen, but there's parts where she's with them and she literally, if you watch her, she physically mimics Hunter's movements. Like she does the exact I didn't even notice that. That motions. is the coolest thing. I, it may be when they're like sneaking around later on, but there's a part where like Hunter 
is moving like he's leading the group and then she's following him and he turns and he like bends his arm a certain way or something like in a you know kind of like a follow me kind of way and she literally just copies his exact like movements it's really well when i rewatch it again for the 14,000th time (laughs) right i watched it twice and it is at time of recording been out for 15 hours right that is i didn't even notice that yeah it's really weird so i don't know if that has something to do with it like maybe like she i think it could just be like a re like you know how like little kids like to watch you know adults and copy what they do because they like they just want to be like them you know they're just like whatever i think it might be a similar situation here where she sees them as like you said genetically modified so she knows that she is genetically modified in some way and she's like oh, we're like the same. So I want to be just like them. Like I want to, you know, I want to do the same things they do because they're cool. Like, you and know. And we will get into my theory in a few scenes of what that genetic modification actually is. Okay, well, let's keep going. I want to, I want to know what they all are. So the next scene, um, the next scene we get is an extended sequence in the um, training facility where Tarkin is testing them. Mm-hmm. It's a very long sequence. It's a very good sequence. I don't have a lot of notes for it. I only yeah. have three. Okay. The action is good. Yes. I was excited to see the prototype dark troopers and Tarkin scares the shit out of me. Yeah. He kind of really like, like, I love how um, Lama Su or whatever was like, Hey, you're going to like damage my product. Like, don't, don't like mess up my shit. Like, and he's like, we'll pay you. It's fine. We'll pay you. Just do what I tell do you. Do what I tell you to do. Like you yeah. get the sense of you, you get the the sense of this this is the guy who is going to commit the biggest war crime in galactic history. Yeah. In 18 years. So it definitely comes across that sort of characterization comes across like he's a genuinely scary person and yeah. and Stephen Stanton's wonderful voice acting uh, you know bringing across Peter Cushing's terrifying presence yeah. in A New Hope. It, he's such a good antagonist. I love him so much. He's also the main antagonist of A New Hope, and that's the hill I will die on, but that is a, a rant for another time. <laughs> right. Um, and I also, I, I thought it was weird too. I was like, why is he listening to him other than the fact that he is a client? Like I was, you know what I mean? Like, is it the same kind of situation where it's like you he's trying to respect him because he's a paying customer or is it like because Camino is not in the inner rim right like it's like it's it's not a part of the you've had to deal with I'm sure in your line of work I've had to deal with this in mine but I'm sure you've had to deal with clients before you know how you have to talk to them right you can't just tell them no that's true I guess guess it's kind of like well I work sometimes where where talent was what will we'll say um not clients i work with talent and yes the talent always is correct so (laughs) regardless of if they are actually correct or not so it Mm. depends you just kind of have to make them happy so it just i get it talent might be a bit of a stretch but we won't go well that's what we in the biz call it that's what i Um, know that's what we call them but um, whether or not that is a correct indicator yeah so the next thing we have is we have a sequence with uh, the Kaminoans and Tarkin where he says he's going to test them. We get the explanation that there's five genetically modified clones. This will come up later. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then he says he's going to test their loyalty. And then he goes in and talks to them and tells them to hunt down insurgents. I did like how they all snap to attention when he enters. Yeah. It's the only time we see them do that. And it speaks to how absolutely terrifying Tarkin is as a presence. That they're yeah, like, acting like normal soldiers. Normal soldiers, yeah, to like their commander in chief or something like that. Like it's like very like, oh, that's the big guy. Like that's the guy you that our leaders listen to. So like we need to make Yes. It. Yeah. Especially, you know, Echo knowing who he is from the Citadel arc. Mm-hmm. The Bad Batch prepares to leave. Omega has a scene with Hunter. Now, our Instagram account posted a, a meme about mm-hmm. Uh, your five space dads. <laughs> I I got the vibe more that Hunter is like your cool uncle. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird because like he's, well, I bet I can see the father kind of figure-esque like thing that they're going to start kind of trying to go for here. It's not exactly the same thing as the Mandalorian where it's like right. grumpy senior, or like grumpy single dad right. raising a baby on its own. It's more of a going off on space adventures with your cool uncle because your parents suck or kind of vibe or or your parents died i like (laughs) well yeah but hopefully in reality there's less of that than happens in the star wars universe well if you think about it all any and all clones will have daddy issues because that's all they have is a daddy one single father. <laughs> One single father. Not a lot of them. No What's mother. that line from uh, Droid Tales? There's not many girls in our adventures. We need to fix that next yeah. time. Right. This is a great, great line. I love uh, that. But we fly out to some place. Fly out to Onderon. Is it Onderon? It is Onderon. Oh, okay. That they fly to. Famously, uh, a reference to Knights of the Old Republic 2. Uh, that came back for the Clone Wars to hunt down insurgents, which we discover, shock horror twist, are at least 50% refugees. Oh no. Not the Who humans. could have seen that coming? I know. Yeah, I, I, I was like, I was thinking about this. I was like, in what reality did they think that these were going to be like separatist droids? Like, no, if once the shut, like, I think what they would know from just battling these things for years, right, is that once the command to shut down is sent out, like they do not function anymore. Like they're not going to. And they know. They know that the war is over. Right. So I don't know why they didn't put together earlier that, oh, it's it's not going to be droids that are fighting. Because even the droids are following, you know, they follow the rules of, you know, the engagement right now we do discover in rebels that there's at least one cell of the separatist droids that thought the order was a trick and refused to shut down that's true beyond the realm of possibility that it could have been droids oh i guess that's true yeah but that was just like a really smart droid though that was like "Mm, i'm going to not listen yeah one of the tactical droids he's like this is a tactic this is not a da 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 so this is a lie. Right. And we get a we get a little scene here with Saw Gerrera somewhere in between uh, his original model in the Clone Wars slowly, right. morphing, slowly morphing into Forrest Whitaker. Mhm. Yeah, I I thought he was Did you think this was a bit random? 
I did think it was a bit like anytime Saw shows up in things, I'm like, oh, neat, that Saw Guerrera. He has this habit, because he did this in Fallen Order 2, of showing up in things for like five minutes to go, here's Saw Guerrera. Yeah. And then disappearing. Like, I liked when he showed up in Rebels because there was actually a reason for him to be there. Right. There was conflict with the morality. Both here and Fallen Order, he just kind of shows up here to be a rebel guy. Yeah, because the way I saw it, I was like, he's not going to be in the rest of this show. Like, I was like, they were doing this for just this episode. Like, just this episode. That's, or at least that's my those, the vibe that I'm getting. Like, it's one of those if you're going to put somebody in there, it might as well use somebody that's established, but it just, yeah. it seems like it's Saw Guerrera uh, more so than most people. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I guess I just didn't feel like it was the right like person for that thing because i think the problem with saw Guerrera is that he's supposed to be like this radical like you know kind of rebel right and maybe so, this is pre-radicalization because it is it's before it rebels, is come so, off coming off the yeah. back of clone wars it's like 10 minutes after the clone wars ended that's true i don't know it's possible that yeah, it might be before like we're seeing the start of the partisans yeah clearly it's interesting because there's some illusion that he's already in contact with Mon Mothman Bail Organa. Uh, okay. We also get a lovely allusion to Stila, where he when he talks about all the people they've lost and the tone in the voice actor's voice mm-hmm. is so apparent that he's talking about Stila, whose loss would have still been very fresh to him. Yeah, his sister. Um, or is it, it's his sister, right? It's his sister. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then I was kind of disappointed if we were going to see Saw, we didn't get to see um, Face Mask Breathy Man. I don't know what his name is, but he's in Rogue One. Uh, two tubes. Two, two tubes. tubes. I don't think Two Tubes comes in. This is the very early partisan. So this is him leaving uh, okay. on. I like Two Tubes. The though. Yeah. I mean, it, I just deformed the parms. <laughs> I, like I don't know how to talk on this show. And then doesn't Two Tubes have a brother too? <laughs> I think he's called three, three tubes, tubes. Four tubes. Um, there was a one tubes but uh no he was in something else like it was what was he in we don't talk about him because he was in so two tubes is in rogue one but then his brother is in something else like somebody would, was like i would have to check all this they were like it's it's not two tubes it's his brother and then it was like then they're going to meet each other at saw guerreros or whatever some bullshit i don't know anyway um Moving on, we get Sagrera, and then he's like, don't kill me. And then he's like, okay. And then they leave. <laughs> yeah, Onderon was really fast. Like, I expected Onderon to be its own episode, but here it's like they go to Onderon, they have the scene with Sagrera, and then they leave. Yeah, they're just like, bye. Now, there, they... is a, there is a probe droid that yes. has been monitoring them. Mm-hmm. We get our, our obligatory probe droid shot appearance <laughs> and then it gets shot because right. that always happens to probe droids always get fuck shot. probe droids right and it is also here revealed that uh omega is an enhanced clone coming as a shock to no one right but following up on the five enhanced clones but echo is a wreck yeah, that was really weird too. This is this is the part where they say that, right? Like where they're like, "This is the th- part where, when they're getting ready to board the ship." They're like, "Oh, she's a clone." Right. Uh, there's there's five altered clones because Tarkin then mentions to them there's five altered clones. 
Uh, but then they're like, oh, but Echo is a reg. Right. Which, again, I'm like, is he, though? Like, I don't know. I, I They were kind of playing fast and loose they, with like, the rules. They there, still but... consider him. Right. Like, a lot of this show, there's two central themes that seem to be underlining the show. One of them is the programming. Yeah. Like, ha- free will and having free will and... Right, like how it all mean to have free will in a society, an organization that's about conformity, Uh, and then the other one is identity. They make a big deal about, you know, Echo's a reg and he's different from them, but they never treat him as different from them. Yeah, there's never a point where anyone in the show, at least in the pilot episode, goes, "Well, you don't understand this because you're a reg." Clearly, they acknowledge, you know, he's coming into this with a different set of experiences, but it's a set of experiences that everybody can at least sympathize or even empathize with, and he can do the same with them. Exactly. Jump back to Camino. Mm-hmm. Lamiga and uh, AZI doing a research assignment. Nice. I also love research assignments. Um, and then we get a photo that Hunter's been keeping. Yeah, that was weird. Of them, which was clearly taken right after the mission in Clone Wars, because Echo's still wearing his old armor. Gotcha. I thought that was then, funny. I was like, why do we have a family photo? But okay, moving on. And then uh, shock horror, a clone shows up, a shock trooper shows up and kills the droid. That was so sad. I thought, you know, I genuinely thought like with this scene, I was like, oh, he's going to be our new chopper. He's going to be our new R2-D2. He's our new BB-8. He's our new DO. There's you know always I mean? a droid. Right. There's always a droid in the show, right? So I was like, he's the droid of this show. Nope. Shot. Nope. Killed. Bye. And they even have the lights fading out to confirm that... Uh, yeah, to confirm yeah, he's dead. Yeah. He's dead. That they was might, They might bring him back and reprogram him, but I was so mad when that happened. Yeah, because, okay, that's my thing, right? Like, I love the droids for each, like, little, what I call mini franchise is what I call it. So it's like... There's, you know, the droid in Solo. There's the droid in Rogue One. There's the droid in Rebels. There's the droid in, you know, the new uh, the new franchise. And there's the droids from the old franchise. So they all have, like, their own little place, like, in each show. And I have my little shelf where I have my Black Series figures of all the main robots is what I, you know. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a new, like, you know, Black Series, like a new little flying whatever his name is. And then, nope just kidding he's not a part of the group anymore when when bradley and i are able to visit either disneyland or disney world at the same time we will have to acquire a, a droid character for gold squadron gaze right a pink and gold droid we have to make our own yeah in the background obviously i'm going to make my own for me but we need to also get one for the show oh gosh not a yeah. real star wars show until you have a droid mascot of course the clones return to Camino and are immediately captured because what did you think was going to happen? Right. Uh, and are thrown in the brig. And I want to pause here for a moment about the quality of the episode and the content of the episode. Okay. I want to talk about how stacked these clones are. Well, at least Wrecker is. Wrecker is, but they all kind of are. <laughs> you know what's weird about this too is that you have to think like they're all clones, right? So they're all genetically, technically, exactly the same. Now we do know that this group is slightly different, but only in terms of skills, not physicality, right? So that means they all like 
have to do the same amount of working out, the same amount of whatever to maintain or to keep their bodies at a certain level, right? So why is record 10 times bigger than every other? Do you really care? I do. I think he works I, out a lot. I I also think they all work out a lot and it's it's clearly quite evident. Or is it do they even do they even work out or do they they need to because of they, the genetic they clearly, modifying? Like, they clearly do because Wrecker uh, shoulder presses a gonk droid at one point in oh, well. Clone Wars, so he's got the muscle memory. Clearly, he does. Okay. I think I think this needs to be one of the gay Halloween costumes this year. Is oh. sexy bad batch. Oh God! You know what? We're gonna, gonna, we're be... gonna have Scarlet Witch. Because WandaVision came out. Right. Every bottom in the world is going to do Scarlet Witch. No, I already I said this for a particular reason, and and you will see come October why I mentioned that. But I also think that Sexy Bad Batch in their uh, jumpsuits. Now now that you say that. So I had a friend who did um, Sexy Stormtrooper for, um, I want to say, for Dragon Con one year. Uh, down here in Atlanta and so he literally wore um like white you know underwear legging things right or whatever to cover up his bottom half and then a stormtrooper mask (laughs) and that was it so that's what I'm feeling is what this bad batch thing I know there's a group of gays out there some muscle gays who are all gonna go let's all get like helmets that all look different like each of the characters and then we're all just gonna be bad batch, sexy bad batch. Here you go. Here you go, muscle gaze. You you don't have anything from WandaVision that you can do. Here's something you can do. Right. Perfect. You could all be sexy bad batch. All five of you. <laughs> all five of you. Because you come in groups of five. We know you come in groups of five. Right. We also get a little bit of a more of a clue as to crosshairs. And I bring this up here because I noted it here, but he mentioned it in the opening scene and he mentioned it a few other times. Mm -hmm. The good soldiers follow orders mantra. Okay, That's our clue if you've seen the Clone Wars, what will be revealed in the next scene. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I, I, he said it early on in the episode and I was like, that is from something. Like I knew it. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, I remember this. Yeah, it's from the um, final season of the Clone Wars. It's and I think it's mentioned in season six of the Clone Wars as well. The good soldiers follow orders mantra, which the clones repeat to justify shooting the Jedi. So yeah. there's our clue as to what will be revealed later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. Then we get a scene with Omega and Crosshair, and I want to say this is the moment where the theory begin to form in my brain and she's like i know what you're going to do don't do it so yeah i i saw that and i was like okay why does she know that that detective spooner is the right question is it does she have either she either has some kind of cognitive like she just knows or she can understand order 66 but not have to oh we'll get to it, we'll get to what the... i think is going on here i just want to mention this is the moment where it took root in my brain this is where you saw it this is the moment where okay. i went i'll remember that for mm. when we get there interesting the crosshair is taken away and we learn okay. that unlike the other clones crosshair's inhibitor chip does seem to be functioning interesting and not only that tarkin increases 
the obedience in it. Clearly they're setting it up to have Crosshair rejoin the team later. This is a good way right. to absolve him. I, I would have preferred it if it had been his own conscious choice, but since one of the themes of the show right. is programming, it is a way to absolve yeah. him of everything he's going to do over the course of the series. That he he was literally mind controlled or mind right yeah it's not his manipulated into doing it he's gonna have to be forced to do something i.e kill his brothers or something and he's gonna like try to fight it as much as he possibly can like right before it's too late and then he'll break the spell essentially and be like oh okay i'm good now and then absolving him of his you know kind of mind control they clearly want bad batch to be a multi-season show yeah based on some of the things that they're saying. So like, it would make sense to bring him back around with the team at the end of the first, like he's the, he's the antagonist of the first season. Right. And That's then what I wrote down, yeah. they'll bring in bigger bads over time. It'll, it'll be a whole thing. Yeah. I wrote that down. Cause I wrote down like them turning him into this mind control kind of cyborg essentially is like them setting up. Okay. He is the main antagonist of the show. He's not the villain, but he's the, he's the antagonist trying to like stop them, you know, at all times. Right. And I feel like it's not so much mind controlled as they are pumping up the emotion, the stuff that was already there. So right, he right, naturally right. has already got this obedience programming in him. Right. They're just upping that. It's going to be interesting to see where they go with him from here. Yeah. I hope they don't go too far with it because, you know, I also feel like in the one sense they could also do the opposite, which is have him go too far. And then be like, oh, he's not redeemable. And then therefore, I don't think they will. The I don't think they'll go there. But just if he had made the conscious choice to turn on them, yeah, I might could go that way. But Star Wars redemption is a big theme of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's a I, huge theme of the franchise. So that's true. I mean, I just see them. I see them. They could. I just see. I could see them doing like, oh, he's gonna die at the end. Like. You know, to be like, oh, I was doing all these horrible things, even though it wasn't my fault, but I'm, I still did them. So the only way I can repent is by killing myself, like, you know, or saving or sacrificing, or sacrificing myself. myself. Right. Star <laughs> Wars, Star Wars does not go that dark. Right. So we'll see. I don't know. So we jump back to our clone friends. I, I want to point out Tech's uh, leg bounce that okay. they animate him bouncing his leg as he sits idle okay and as as you can probably the this episode is not being video recorded but bradley can see in the zoom call from my chair shaking yeah i also do that <laughs> so i loved that little touch to him right because i do tick. the same thing the restless leg syndrome right it's like that nervous tick it is so i just wanted to point that out uh okay we get the the scene where they they pull open the wall panel and omega sneaks inside and the clones are doing their stall, the shock troopers. I just love these scenes with their personalities. I love their personalities so much. I do like how they are different enough to distinguish them because I do feel like this show could have fell into one of those while they all look like just vaguely different, but they all have the same personality. You know what I mean? Like there's the hothead, there's the, you know, the nerdy one, there's the whatever. But this one actually like, I, I distinguish them all very well like i I don't have a problem with it it's like very good teenage mutant ninja turtles media yeah where they look kind of similar 
but their personalities are so distinct and when they're written well right they interact with each other in such a way that it's very obvious who is who and how their personalities work together as a team which i thought was going to be a challenge for you know the voice actor um but clearly not i mean he Dee clearly, had, Baker, he clearly MVP has a lot of fun of this mvp of the show like d bradley baker is going to be able to pay off his mortgage entirely <laughs> and his, his and his friend's college, mortgage <laughs> pay off some of his friend's mortgage by the time he's done with this show because he does so much work over 50 percent of this episode is d bradley baker <laughs> I, you know what's funny too i was thinking about that how much money they must be saving though by only making him like the main voice actor like you know what i mean because like if you think about it you have you really if you don't count all the characters as different characters like you just say anytime he voices a character that counts as one like how many characters are really in this show so far like two Three? He voices all of the clone troopers. All of them, right. So all it's of like... them, all of the Bad Batch, all of the clone troopers, characters who are going to show up later on in the show that we yeah. know from the trailers. Like, he's so, isn't it so much? I love I'm that. like, this This dude is so good and he's going to be cashing so many paychecks. And honestly, I love that for him and I love to see it. So Amiga helps them escape. <laughs> I love the little touch where they show that the shock troopers that she drops the <laughs> ceiling panel on are still alive. Oh yeah, they had to make sure, you had to like make sure that they were still alive. So they were like, let's show them like kind of like grunt or move or something when they like leave the room. They're like, oh, they're still there. <laughs> yep. This actually reminds me a bit of Charles Deplore here, but when I was in high school, somebody actually did try to crawl into the ceiling of our band room oh, and God. fell through the ceiling. So I got a special laugh out of this scene just because... I have seen what it looks like when a ceiling collapses and yeah. it's very funny. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking of that episode of The Office where they did that, where they're trying to escape through the ceiling and he falls. And <laughs> so it was fun. So the clones, the Bad Batch runs off. They run to the hangar. Super convenient of the Empire to put all of their gear in the same hangar as their escape shuttle. Yeah. That was nice of them. Well, I also thought it was like, well, the reason why they... I thought it was funny too, because they were clearly setting up like, okay, they were like, we have to go save Crosshair. And then they were like, oh, wait, we can't do that unless we have our stuff. Well, our stuff happens to be in the escape area. So why would we go get our stuff in the escape area and then come back for Crosshair and then go back to the escape place? I thought they were really setting that up just to be like, oh, by the way, you're never going to go back for Crosshair. You're just going to leave. Like it, it clearly was to save on location. Yeah. Save Even though they did location, they, they needed to save on the budget for the shooting schedule because they were like, let's just film it all in one location. <laughs> well, I mean, animation is hard, and we, yeah. I believe we mentioned this before, but uh, super convenient that they had all these character models lying around from the final season of the Clone Wars that they could use for these characters. I think there's only a few new models that had to be. I mean, Maybe really, for like episode. I said, the only models I can think of are the little girl. And the insurgents. And the insurgents, right? Yeah, everything else would have been fairly reusable. I don't know, Lama Sue and all that stuff, would, would they, they were Camino ones. They were, not, were they in the they Clone were Wars? In, they were in Clone Wars. Probably what they did, if I had to speculate, probably what they did is they took the models from Clone Wars just and they reskinned them. them. Yeah, okay. So all of, the, all of the rigging remained the same. 
I see. All of the all of the modeling remained the same. It's just they reskinned the textures and updated the textures. Oh, and that uh, probably is how they did it. I was saying uh, I don't know what scene she's in, but um, Lamasu's assistant, uh, Ty Lee. Nalase. Nalase. We'll talk about Nalase. We'll talk about her in a minute. Okay, is she she didn't show up till later on, or did she show up? She's been throughout the episode. No, 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 no. The one from Attack of the Clones. Oh, uh, Lama Sue. No, Lama no. Sue's the prime. Tan Wee. Tai Lee. Tai Tai Tan Wee. That's what I'm saying. Tan Wee. She's in You're the episode. You're thinking of Tai Lee from Tan Wee's in the episode for 0.2 seconds. Uh, oh, is she on the bit where they're standing? She's standing with Lama Sue at one point, and then she like kind of walks away for a second she doesn't say anything but she like walks away because i noticed because i just remember her outfit so very vividly in my brain like from attack the clones for some reason just because she's she's different than all the other ones because she has like a dress or something and like you know her little hair braid thing Um, it is it is star wars day i was planning to watch star wars maybe i'll sit down and watch attack of the clones which i will admit on the show attack of the clones is my least favorite of the movies but i might sit down and rewatch it just for the common owen stuff i mean you could also just go on youtube and just type in i i could go to youtube (laughs) i could Um, go to youtube but you know it's star wars day maybe maybe i want to watch uh one of the movies right well see this is the problem with not having the trivia like readily available because i was like oh she's in this episode like randomly in the background like i am the trivia right (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, so I'm I don't know when she shows up. Now. I don't know when she shows up, but uh, she's randomly in the background. But no, the other I girl. Believe yes. If I had to, ge- if I had to guess, I would say probably in the scene where um, Palpatine announces the formation of the Empire. She's probably, probably on the balcony. But I would have to double check this. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, so um, we are standing in the hangar, and Crosshair shows up in gotcha. new, sleek, sexy, uh, dark trooper armor. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's the first dark trooper. Ooh, never we thought don't about know. that. But he's in black armor. There's a shootout. Uh, <laughs> there's some good dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then we get a twist with Nala Say. Now, Nala Say, I want to mention because as mm-hmm. we were talking, I Wikipedia'd her real quick. Okay. She's been in several episodes of the Clone Wars. She was in the Malevolence arc of the Clone Wars. She was on the station, the medical station that the Malevolence is attacking. So we've actually seen her before okay. in the show. And, and she's not just out of nowhere. And also, I guess it would appear that she was also in some other stuff, but uh, I was just skimming the article. But we get a twist where she helps Clone Force 99 escape. By jamming the bay doors. Right. This is going to fuel into... Okay, when can we talk about the the theory? Because I need to know like when the soon. best part. Okay. Soon, soon, soon. Because this soon, is keeps, soon. they keep connecting things to it. And I'm like, wait, this is important because she's doing something to help This them. is... Like, the theory is the big twist that uh, we're gonna, we're building up to this entire episode of the podcast. <laughs> of, okay. Of what, the, what my theory is about... Gotcha. Uh, Omega, but... She jams the hangar doors. Uh, Omega shoots Crosshair. Right. Which again, I mentioned hyper-competent kids are a staple of Star Wars. It's a fantasy for the kids. 
Right. It's not for you. Shut up. <laughs> right. Let the kids have their moment. Let it be a girl this time. Let it happen. And then, uh, and then we get a scene where Nala Say goes in and talks to Lama Sue. And what's interesting here, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring this up real quick. I thought initially when she first walked in to talk to him, it was going to be like, oh, Lama Sue is working against the Empire now. No, no, the dialogue. She says, oh, Clone Force 99 escape. He's like, well, we'll have to keep an eye on it. Clearly, this was just her going rogue. So like, are we going to see like more Camino stuff? And like the politics of Camino? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's, I mean, maybe it's just like a one-off, you know, they're just kind of like, okay, well, she helped her escape because she's like her friend or something. But like, I, you know, think, I don't know. I think they're setting this up to to underpin at least the first season, the yeah. what's happening on Camino with some Lama Sue yeah. clearly, you know, chafing under the empire altering the deal. Right. And praying they don't alter it further. Of course. And now we have Nala Say who's actively subverting the Empire behind Lama Su's back. There's interesting stuff going on here. Yeah. And we get our final scene on the ship. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where we can finally talk about it. Because Hunter, I believe it is, asks Omega, how were you able, when were you training with a gun? And Amiga goes, I, I never have. That's the first time I picked up a gun. I don't know how I did it. Right. And I immediately at 1, 1.15 in the morning, this was actually the moment I texted you to stay off social media because I sat up in my seat and went, she is force sensitive. This is the genetic modification they made. Oh, they made see, it to her. You, they you, made it to her so that okay. she could be force sensitive this is why she knew what Crosshair was going to do. This is how she knew how to use a gun. This is why she's so different than everybody else. So they she's made her so different. Clone. She's a Force-sensitive clone. Interesting. Okay, because so you've taken what I... I even came up with a different theory, like, from watching this episode. So, you, okay, so that makes a lot of sense, and I actually agree with you. My, my theory that I came up with while I was watching it, because I told you earlier that there's this part where we see her mimicking Hunter. And I thought that that was just like, oh, I just want to be like them. But right. but I thought about it and I thought about like, as she picks up the gun and it clicked in my brain, what if she is an amalgamation of all of Clone Force 99? So she has all of their skills already built into her DNA. So like she is all of Clone Force 99. She has the shooting capability. She has this tech capability. She has the, all that stuff because she is, like you said, the final clone, like the final design of the clone. Like the per- Well, we also, we do you know. see clones being grown in vats. So we know that she's right. not, per the episode, we know that she's not actually the final clone. Right. Well, when I say the final the clone, final I mean the iteration. final design. Yeah, like the 2.0 or whatever, like the final version. That would make sense. I don't know if they're going to go that direction. Yeah. Just because, you know, she has to fit into the team structure. I don't think they're right. going to go so far with her competency as to say right. she's as strong as Wrecker. Uh, she's as savvy as, as tech. I see. You know. I think that I, I really stick in by my theory that they modified her to be force sensitive mm. or they that were trying to create, they were trying to create a Jedi because it goes into my theory for what Moff Gideon is doing in the Mandalorian, mm. where I think he's trying to make himself force sensitive gotcha. and 
follows up with uh, Rise of Skywalker, where it is revealed that Snoke is a GMO who is also made to be extremely powerful in the Force. So Omega right. could be the earliest iteration Not of that, that growing yeah. something that the Force can manifest in the way it manifests and is a Jedi. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, because I was like, I mean, there's so many different things, but I'm still sticking with my theory that she is the female Boba Fett. Like they are setting her up to be in Book of Boba later as, I don't know, force now force sensitive uh, female Boba Fett who is going to, I don't know, end up marrying the Mandalorian or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's going she's gonna to be the new queen of Mandalore. Right, of course, something like that. Yeah, no, I don't know. We'll see as it progresses and you know how it goes with the season any final thoughts on you know where the season's gonna go the episode as a whole i mean other than the last thing they said the last thing they said here's my theory recorded for posterity j19 is gonna turn out to be braca yep from jedi fallen order and the friend is gonna be rex yeah i mean i figured that one yeah I'm, i'm just calling that that's probably where they're going with this yeah i mean Um, it seemed pretty obvious like that's because here's the thing it's doing what the two mando seasons and clone wars final season did yeah where it seems like they're only using the first three or four episodes for the trailer footage uh yeah i definitely think that's exactly what they're doing and they're they're gonna go like in the next episode we're gonna see rex and then the third episode we're gonna see fennec shand and then the fourth episode it's gonna be like that culmination of all of it and then that's it like or, or they're going to go to uh, the one planet from Slaves of the Republic. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was a featured prominent. The Zygerians, where they live, um, is going to be featured. Is maybe they're going to go in episode two, and it's going to work out. And then you know, then they'll go to Bracca and meet Rex. And I'm I'm 99% sure that they meet him on Bracca based on another shot in the trailer. But I, they've done a good job of setting up like clearly where the season is going as far as the bad batch is going to run around the galaxy and crosshair is going to chase them and it's going to be a good time had by all we'll see i don't know i'm excited though uh, i'm excited to see where the the show is going to go um i hope they can keep our attention um like you said they do clearly want to like when we saw that uh that tweet um about the 12 episodes i 16 or 16 i'm sorry um I figured like, okay, they clearly want to make this like a thing, not just a one-off, you know, season of a show. So I, I don't know because the, again, the problem with doing 16 episodes is you can, you know, you can lose the audience if you don't keep them. I don't know what the story arc is though. So like if it's takes 16 episodes to tell that story, then that's, that's how long it takes, you know? I mean, but if that's it's the story they're telling, yeah, right. But if it's like, oh, they're going to tell this clone 99, whatever, she's force sensitive, whatever, only over the course of the next eight episodes. And then they're like, oh, that's just the first story arc. And then the second story arc of the season is something else, you know, over the next 16 episodes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what they're trying to do. So they may, they may break it up. They may do eight episodes now and they might do eight episodes later. Right. And scheduling this podcast is a nightmare. <laughs> Because they won't tell us when the episodes are coming out. Right. And just revealed that they'd made 16 episodes, which does not even mean that there's 16 episodes in the season. It just means there's 16 that are done. Right. There might be four or six more. Yeah. This could be, ah. I mean, this could be a six episode season. 
And then they're like, okay, that's season one. And then they're like, we won't give you season two until February. We'll give you season two in 2023. Right. And then they're like, okay, here's another six episodes. Like, I mean, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So I'm just, I'm always glad to just get more Star Wars content because there's been so little of it. You know, we got Mando, Mando season two, and we got the High Republic, but it's, I, I like seeing a variety of my content and Bad Batch is definitely shaping up to be something that I'm very much gonna enjoy. Yeah. I'm very excited to see where it goes. Um, it definitely will make the Bad Batch arc of uh, the Clone Wars definitely hit different when this season is over. Yeah, I might go back and watch it um, after this is all over just to kind of like get a, a new sense of like, well, now we know where their kind of stories are going versus like a one-off, you know, kind of little journey. And that, kids, is what we in the business call a backdoor pilot. <laughs> a very long a very long pilot. extended <laughs> extended edition extended backdoor 80 pilot. minute backdoor pilot right but still uh star wars has been doing this a lot i noticed between bad batch and ahsoka mm-hmm. showing up in season two of mando they've been doing lots of backdoor pilots yeah um i'm hoping that they get stronger as we move forward because I didn't think the Ahsoka backdoor pilot was strong enough, or at least it wasn't enough of a backdoor pilot, you know, to kind of really sell me on whatever the show is going to be about. So, cause they didn't really do that. You know, that was kind of like a mini backdoor pilot. We, I don't want to get too much into it. Cause we haven't, we won't get too much into it because we, we will cover Mando season two before Mando season three comes out. Right. Somehow we will cover this. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Well, I'm already tired. I was like, well, until I, well, I was going to say until next week, but I guess until this week, because until yes, until, uh, cause we're getting two episodes. Cause we're week, getting two so. episodes this week. So technically I, until the second this we stop, week. I was going to say until like, we have to stop talking because I have to hurry up and edit this episode. <laughs> so I can post it tomorrow. Uh, or tomorrow, uh, Thursday. Thursday, I think it's Thursday so that it comes out before the next episode. But there we go. You heard it on the show. All right. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I'm already tired. Follow us on Twitter at at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us. We will see you next time. I am already in need of a nap. I'm Baby Yoda vibes right now. You're Baby Yoda vibes. Well, from Clone Force 99 and myself and Charles. (laughs) Bye!